Manna or Meatloaf, Episode 8. I do. Hello, hello. Can you believe it's June already? Oh my gosh, this summer is here. I don't know how that happened. So this week's episode may be a little short, but it will be filled with tons of floating heart emojis and warm fuzzies, and I hope you feel them the way I did when I was coming up with this content. Me and my husband, Doug, are celebrating our wedding anniversary in just a few days, so it seemed only fitting, after doing the past few episodes about the ladies, that I give a special shout out to my hubby, my eternal boyfriend, my all-time favorite water fight partner, comfort giver, greatest hugger, my very best friend, and my rock... Dougie do. Needless to say, I've been thinking a lot about marriage lately, and while I think we've got a pretty amazing thing going, there are definitely still those times I need a swift kick in the fanny and a wake-up call to remind me not to take it for granted. This past weekend was a perfect reminder of the good that is always there that I don't always pay close enough attention to in the man that I've chosen to walk through eternity with. See, we branded cows, <laughs> that should say it all, and it's always one of the hardest and can be the most stressful thing to do. We're all filthy, some more than others, and tired, exhausted, especially in the heat, like the, was the case this time. It was so, so hot. There are always those cows that refuse to do anything. It seems like there are always problems in the shoots or with calves that escape, with a necessary impromptu surgery, ranch style. In fact, I heard my favorite stake president once say that dealing with cows always brought out the very worst in a person. I think he was referring to tempers and language, and anyone who works with cows knows just how true that can be. But yesterday, even in the worst case scenario, Doug was solid cheerful. He was thanking people and slapping them on the back with a smile. He was always checking on me and making sure everyone else was okay too. He was every bit as hot and tired as everyone else and had every reason to be grumpy, but he wasn't. I'm always grateful for this kind, strong, capable, smart man, but often do I look at him with the crystal clear eyesight I did then and see what a gift I've been blessed with. I'd like to think I'm not the only one guilty of that negligence. So as we talk about marriage today, I know it's one more thing that I'm not an expert at, but I have this bookcase in our office and it is full of nothing more than three things, parenting books, books on marriage and relationships, and books on gospel topics. So while I can't claim to be a pro, I read an awfully lot from them. <laughs> so obviously we know there's lots of material out there that we could absorb to improve our marriages, but instead of spending a lot of time today quoting and observing others, I started asking myself a lot of questions. Questions. questions that I hoped would grant some increased understanding or open up some dialogue between me and my husband, or if nothing else, inspire us to work and love a little harder. I thought it might be fun to share them in the hopes that they might do the same for you. But before we dive into those questions, I want to tell you that one of my favorite songs in the world is a primary song called For the Family is of God. And it goes like this, God gave us families to help us become what he wants us to be. This is how he shows his love for the family is of God. Well, our marriages are the foundations of our families. And sometimes in the grind of life, we forget to see just how clearly God can execute our learning in one of the greatest classrooms of life, marriage. 
I think very few things offer us the opportunity to practice more patience, tolerance, love, compassion, forgiveness, and selfless service than in this melding of two otherwise completely opposite beings. So the first question I have is, what messages are we sending to our families about marriage, its importance to us? How do we prioritize to show our family members that our spouse is one of the most important things in our lives? The church's website says, quote, Marriage, in its truest sense, is a partnership of equals with neither person exercising dominion over the other, but with each encouraging, comforting, and helping the other, end quote. Sounds like a wonderful friendship, right? I know some of my dearest friends do just that. They encourage comfort and help a girl out on a regular basis. <laughs> my daughter B and her husband were really, really good friends from the time that they were in the sixth grade. So naturally, when they fell in love, decided to get married, their wedding invitation said, Love is friendship set on fire. So here's another thing to consider. Do you treat your friends with more care and concern than you do your spouse? Ooh, that's a doozy because I think we can all agree that try as we might, that just sometimes happens. So here's another question. Would our friends remain our friends if we treated them the way we sometimes unintentionally treat our better halves? Ugh. And another thing I do a lot with my friends is laugh. That's definitely one thing we could use a little more of in our marriage. There's a UC Berkeley psychology professor named Dacher Keltner. He's an author and a researcher, and he was actually recruited by Pixar for his expertise when they were making the animated movie Inside Out. So some of his most interesting writings had to do with romantic relationships, and he teaches that one of the most important skills to making a marriage laugh is laughter. So amid all the other skills that you would think would make up a good unity, like communication, respect, commonalities, things like that. I was actually surprised by that. So I guess what they say about laughter being the best medicine might actually be true. So how much do you laugh with your spouse? I guess I better start putting the funny on in my marriage. Marriage takes a conscious, intentional effort. Let's be honest, sometimes it's just plain hard work. A common excuse used in the world when people have decided to end a marriage is that it's just a piece of paper. But I heard someone say years ago, and it's kind of stuck with me, that so is money. But we still get up every single day and work really, really hard for it. I love the works of Max Lucado. He's a Christian philosopher. And I came across this piece from a recent devotional of his. He said, quote, How's your marriage? On your wedding day, God loaned you an intricately crafted, precisely formed masterpiece. He entrusted you with a one-of-a-kind creation. Value her. Honor him. Some men collect wives as trophies, a means for pleasure, instead of a part of God's plan. Don't make this mistake. Be fiercely loyal to one spouse. Fiercely loyal. Don't even look twice at someone else. No flirting, no teasing, no loitering at her desk or lingering in his office. Who cares if you come across as rude or a prude? You've made a promise. Keep it. Your spouse is not your trophy, but your treasure. Make your wife the object of your highest devotion. Make your husband the recipient of your deepest passion. Love the one who wears your ring. Make her, make him your giant-sized privilege, your towering priority." 
end quote. I love that. And even though I don't necessarily believe that our spouses are on loan to us, because if we keep our covenants, we get to be with those spouses for eternity. I still love the importance he stresses, though, about caring for them like they are. So let's ask ourselves, what are we doing to care for what God has entrusted us with? What a gift he has given us. It also reminded me of a thought I had recently while I was in my scriptures. So I think it's really interesting that the first principles and ordinances of the gospel include faith and repentance, right? Couldn't those things also be translated perfectly into essential principles of a healthy marriage? It takes faith to believe that all of our efforts, patience, tolerance, and turning of the cheek, so to speak, will be worth the prize, the celestial kingdom with our families. And we can all probably practice a little more repentance in a sense and strive to make things right when we don't devote enough effort, practice enough patience, tolerance, or turning of those cheeks to help meld two opposites into one like we need to. How's our faith in our marriage? And more importantly, what does our faith in our partner look like? And how repentant are we when we offend or are inconsiderate or need to make amends? Do we admit our wrongdoings or our insensitivities? Do we practice humility and ask for forgiveness and even more importantly, grant it quickly? President Russell M. Nelson, in a BYU address on August 14th of 2014, said, quote, There is great power in a strong partnership. True partners can achieve more than the sum of each one acting alone. With true partners, one plus one is much, much more than two, end quote. In the world, both marriage partners state, I do, to all the things required of them to be a good partner. So while we're asking ourselves all kinds of these questions, ask yourself this. If you tested yourself on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being both thumbs down (laughs) and 10 being total rock star status, where would you rate yourself? And hopefully, you can answer in the affirmative with another, I do. And this might be a really fun exercise to do with your husband or wife. How about with respect towards your spouse in public and in private? With affection in public and private, what do your loving gestures project to others about your love and respect for your spouse? How do you do with patience, with listening skills, with compassion, with the ability to help bear their burdens? with your capacity to support them emotionally, physically, and spiritually, with your care and attentiveness to their needs, their desires, their strengths, and their gifts. I'm excited for my Doug, my Doug, (laughs) my husband Doug, he is my Doug, to listen to this episode so we can talk about some of the things that have been brought to my mind and also to evaluate together some of these questions so that we might have a desire to improve and strengthen our marriage, to work harder and love deeper, and never take for granted this everlasting institution. But before I roger out on this one, since this podcast was started as a lasting legacy for our children, I want to talk to them for just a split second, and you can listen in. I'm not perfect. You know that. And neither is your dad. But the perfect marriages consist of nothing more than two imperfect people that commit to never giving up on each other, honor and respect one another, treat each other with the highest level of admiration. And even when you may feel like your spouse isn't making the decisions that warrant that kind of admiration, trust me when I say that looking through a lens of eternity will help you put things in perspective. 
Love fully, deeply, intentionally. Forgive over and over and over again. And keep working hard to have the kind of marriages that build those under your roof and inspire those looking in from the outside. Create a foundation and an institute that will live long after you're gone. Construct the footings that will enable your children to be who they were divinely appointed to become and provide the example of what they'll strive for in their own lives. Then, most importantly, take a deep breath (laughs) and forgive yourselves and your mates for being less than perfect. Like your parents, like us who try and try and try, get back up and do the work. Try again and trust me when I say... I promise it will be worth it. I hope and pray that you'll keep this oh-so-important thing important. P.S. Happy anniversary, Doug. I love you with all my heart. So here's to eternity. Mm -hmm. 